the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God, by His grace, stepped into our lives, and He made us alive through Jesus Christ, and He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's God's glory. God's glory is not like human glory. Human glory seeks to exalt self above everyone else. God uses His glory, He uses His power, He uses His ability to exalt us, to lift us up, to raise us up together with Him. If you've ever scored the winning goal of a soccer game, you were probably met with high fives and praises from your teammates, right? All that attention can certainly go to anyone's head, but the winning goal wouldn't have been made possible without the hard work of the entire team. In today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage you to seek after God and glorify Him instead of yourself. You'll hear in today's message how Jesus prayed that the Father would be glorified through Him. What a beautiful prayer that we can all pray today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 17 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 17, as we are making our way through the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, uh, book by book, we've made our way all the way to John chapter 17. And beginning in verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. This is the final night for Jesus. It's the night of his arrest. He is with his disciples. They are on their way, walking to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus will be arrested. He'll be carried away to judgment and crucified the next day. John 17 records the prayer of Jesus on the night of his arrest. And this is the longest prayer of Jesus in the Gospels. And this chapter has been called the Holy of Holies of the New Testament. It's holy ground in your Bible. 
we have the privilege in this chapter of listening in as Jesus prays to his Father in heaven. Chapter 17 records what is really the Lord's Prayer. I know when we talk about the Lord's Prayer, we usually are referring to the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In that prayer, Jesus taught the disciples to say, to ask for the forgiveness of of their sins. So that's not a prayer that Jesus would pray because he was sinless. So that's really the disciples' prayer. John 17 is truly the Lord's Prayer. This is, this is the prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father. And again, at this point, he's just hours away from the cross. He's hours away from bearing the punishment for the sins of the world. And these verses show us what was on his heart at that time. And what was not on his heart was his personal suffering that he was about to endure. What was on his heart was the glory of God. As he is going to the cross, what is on his heart and on his mind is the glory of God. This prayer in chapter 17, it can be outlined into three sections. So if you're a note taker, you might want to jot this down. Verses 1 to 5, Jesus prayed for himself. Jesus prayed for himself. Verses 6 to 19, Jesus prayed for the disciples. 6 to 19, he prayed for the disciples. And then verses 20 to 26, Jesus prayed for the whole church, including us. So today we're going to look at the first section of this prayer, Jesus praying for himself. And again, in verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these words, and then notice he lifted up his eyes to heaven. He looks, he looks to heaven to pray. Now, when we pray, we typically bow our heads, close our eyes. But Jesus, when he prayed, he, he looks to heaven. He lifts his head to heaven. Looking up in prayer is a recognition that God, God is above all, right? He's above our circumstances. He's above our situation. The psalmist writes, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock who is higher than I. And looking up in prayer reminds us that God is over everything, that he's over our circumstances. So it's a good thing to look up when you pray. And notice also Jesus prayed out loud here. He says these things verbally out loud. Again, that's a good thing to do in prayer when you're able to do that, to pray out loud. It's helpful because it's easy for our minds to wander when we pray silently. And you know what that's like when you're praying silently and then suddenly you're thinking about, you know, what you're going to make for dinner or whatever, right? But when you pray out loud, it helps you stay on track. So he lifts his eyes to heaven prays out loud, and he said, Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. Now, several times in the Gospel of John, we have seen the hour mentioned. Back in chapter 2, verse 4, when Jesus was at the wedding in Cana, and Jesus' mother came to him and asked him to do something because they were running out of wine. And Jesus said to his mother Mary, Woman, 
What does your concern have to do with me for my hour has not yet come? Uh, In John chapter 7, verse 30, an angry crowd wanted to kill Jesus. And it says, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And again, in John chapter 8, verse 20, the same thing. Crowd wants to kill him. And it says, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. But now his hour has come. The hour has arrived. The hour has come. The hour in which Jesus will glorify the Father through His death on the cross. In John chapter 12, verse 27, it says, Jesus came for this very hour. This is why Jesus came. This is why the Father gave His only begotten Son. This is why Jesus left heaven and laid aside His glory, and laid aside His majesty, and came down to this world and put on human flesh. He came to offer Himself as a sacrifice for our sins. This is why He came. And the Bible tells us that this was God's plan to rescue mankind from before the foundation of the world. Before God created the world. This was always God's plan. This wasn't some plan that God came up with on this last night at the last minute. The cross was always God's plan. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is described as a lamb who has been slain since the foundation of the world. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, it says, God chose Jesus as your ransom long before the world began. God created man with free will. He created man with the ability to choose. And before God created the first man, Adam, he knew that man would rebel. He knew that man would go his own way. He knew that man would sin against God and go astray. And he knew that man would need to be rescued. And so even before the world began, God planned to send his son into the world to die on the cross to save us. From sin and death. He knew that that would be necessary. And all of human history. Even from before the beginning of human history. Was leading up to this very hour. This this hour that has finally arrived. This greatest hour in time. This greatest event in all of history. Father the hour has come. This hour that they have been planning since eternity past. Before the earth began, before the earth was created, and all of history from eternity past was looking toward this hour when the Son would die for the sins of the world to rescue man. And now the hour has come. The Father and Son both looked forward to this hour, and it has finally arrived. So Jesus says, Father, the hour has come, and then he says, Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. So on this, His final night, Jesus was concerned with glory. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. Now Jesus speaks a lot about glory in this prayer, in this chapter. In fact, He uses this word glorify eight times in this chapter. This word glorify. It means to to magnify. It means to honor. Human glory. The glory of man. Human glory is different from 
the glory of God and the kind of glory that Jesus is speaking of here. Human glory is given for performance. A person performs something better than anyone else can perform it. They're the fastest runner. They make the game-winning touchdown or they earn the highest grade in a class or they make the biggest sale of the quarter. They outperform everybody else. And they receive glory for it. They receive honor for it, for what they've, what they've accomplished more than anyone else. They're better at everyone else at what they do. And that's why they're honored. That's why they're glorified, because they're better than everyone else at it. That's, that's human glory. Human glory is based on performance. And human glory will be based on performance and, and disregard everything else in your life. You know, as long as you're the greatest on the football field, that's fine. We don't care about your personal life. And you're glorified based on what you can accomplish, your performance. Human glory exalts self. Human glory likes recognition. Human glory likes to be honored above all others. And we like, we like the glory. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now. Search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You know, I I like to fish. Kind of at the end of my street in my neighborhood, there's this little pond. And occasionally my boys and I will walk down to that pond and, and fish there's just little, you know, little bass and little bluegill in this, in this pond. And there was one occasion where we were down there, and I happened to hook a huge carp. I mean, it was one of the bigger fish I've ever caught in my life. And we managed to get this fish to the shore, and I wasn't expecting to catch such a big fish. We were just there to catch bluegills, you know. And we get the, and it's, I mean, literally, it was so big I couldn't fit my hand around its tail to pick it up out of the water. And so we catch this fish, we get it to shore, I didn't have my phone with me, so I couldn't take a picture of it, <laughs> right? But I caught that fish, but I have no proof that I caught that fish other than just the testimony of my word that I caught that fish. So because there's no, there's no picture, there's no glory. You know, of course, I want to take a picture so I can send it to my friends and send it to my family. And say, Look at this fish that I caught, so that they're impressed with what I've accomplished. But because I don't have a picture... I don't have any glory from it. There's no way of proving I caught it. That's human glory. I want recognition. I want people to be impressed with what I've done. I want people to see it and compliment me. Human glory wants to be elevated. Human glory wants to be elevated above others. God's glory is nothing like human glory. Jesus said, look what he says here again in verse 1. He says to the Father, glorify me that I may glorify you. Honor your Son so that I may honor you. Jesus wasn't seeking glory for himself. He, he was 
seeking glory so that he could glorify someone else. He wanted to use his glory to glorify the Father. He wanted to use the honor that he would receive to honor the Father and magnify the Father. And so the Father glorifies the Son, and the Son glorifies the Father. And there's no, there's no self-seeking in the Godhead. There's no self-exaltation. It's not like human glory. Jesus is looking to glorify the Father, not himself. The Father's looking to glorify the Son and not himself. Plus, God's glory doesn't seek to exalt self. Jesus, Jesus wasn't seeking to exalt himself. God's glory, listen, God's glory seeks to exalt others. We want to exalt ourselves. God's glory seeks to exalt others. God takes people, listen, God takes people who are broken and ruined by sin and he lifts them up and he elevates them and he pulls them up out of the pit that they're in and he brings them up to his level. That's what he does with his glory. He uses his glory to lift up others who can't lift themselves out of the pit they're in. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 1. And you, so who's he speaking to? He's speaking to you. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. That was our condition before God, by his grace, made us alive. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. We just followed our desires, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others, just as everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Look what it says in verse 6. And He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were just following the course of this world. We were just following whatever our fleshly, carnal desires wanted. And then God, by His grace, stepped into our life and He made us alive through Jesus Christ And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's God's glory. God's glory is not like human glory. Human glory seeks to exalt self above everyone else. God uses his glory. He uses his power. He uses his ability to exalt us. To lift us up. To raise us up together with him. Now, go back to John chapter 17. Jesus here, he's... He's praying, he's saying, Father, glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. How did the Father glorify and honor the Son? By giving Jesus authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as the Father gives him. God the Father, God the Father has given all authority to Jesus. And Jesus has authority 
to give eternal life. And no one else has been given this authority, by the way. God has only given this authority to Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Only Jesus. God has not given this authority to give eternal life to anyone else. Only Jesus has the authority to give eternal life. And I want you to notice here the word give in verse 2. Jesus gives eternal life, which means eternal life is a gift. It's a gift. It's not something that we earn by being religious. It's not something that we earn by doing good works. Eternal life is the gift of God that we receive by doing three things. Admitting that we are a sinner, repenting of our sins, and believing in Jesus Christ. Anyone who does that, admit that you're a sinner, repent of your sin, and believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus will give that person eternal life. And listen to what it says in John chapter 3. You don't have to turn there. John chapter 3, verse 36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. The wrath of God abides on him. And we're already condemned, right, by our sin. The wrath of God abides on him. We were already condemned by our sin, but God offers us the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And to receive that eternal life, you have to admit You're a sinner, repent of your sins, and then believe on Jesus Christ, and he will give you eternal life. Now look at verse 2 again. He says again in verse 2, As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So Jesus gives eternal life to those given him by the Father. Now, he's going to say the same thing seven times in this chapter. If you look down in verse 6, he says it twice. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. He he says it again in verse 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. Verse 11, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. And then in verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name, those whom you have given me, I have kept. Verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me from before the foundation of the world. God gave us to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? God gave us to Jesus. Now John 3.16 You know that verse. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. So God gave his only begotten son as a gift to us. 
Today you've been hearing from Pastor Dan about the book of John, one of the four accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel book details the Son of God's time on earth, what He did, and how He changed lives. It also gives you an opportunity to have a changed life as well. Are you ready to give your life to Christ and be forgiven of your sins? We'd love to tell you more about this and pray with you if you're ready to take a step of faith. Give us a call here at Ring of Truth. Our number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd also like to encourage you to find and begin attending a church regularly. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. To find out more about what you can expect and to get directions and service times, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. At our website, you can also enjoy more of Pastor Dan Sexton's teachings from the Gospel of John or explore his other message series. Again, that website is calvaryec.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth.